Hey, River Valley. Uh, it's great to be with you today. Uh, I pre-recorded this before I went on sabbatical, and I'm sure that we're enjoying our time away, and I uh, look forward to seeing you again. But I wanted to start the sermon off and be able to say in our annual giving series, I just wanted to be able to do a little bit of this sermon and then hand it off to the pastors at your campus and to be able to say, let's take team this one. And uh, the reason is because I love what God does in us and through us when it comes to giving. And uh, I love what the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 9, 7. It says, each of you should uh, give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And I'll tell you this, if, if God loves something, I want to do it. If God loves cheerful giving, I want to do it. If he wants me to be a cheerful giver, that's who I want to be. And uh, I absolutely love that scripture. And I love what giving really does in us, through us, and what God just begins to work in our hearts and our lives over our finances when we become givers. And we believe um, that that scripture is going to be the, the foundation today. Um, and we're I love that cheerful part, but we're going to talk about the decided part. Okay, the decided part, that each one should decide in your heart what to give. And if you're like the average person, you're thinking like, how do I decide what to give, where to give, and all this? And so we're going to give you a couple filters today, a couple of questions to be able to say like, where should I give? How should I give? What should I do? And um, be able to hopefully answer some questions for you. Now, we believe this very strongly at River Valley that somebody that uh, understands finances all come from God, that that person becomes a, a tither. They understand they're a steward of everything God gives them, and they give a, a tenth of everything they own to the place where God has called them to the local church. And they say, hey, I'm going to fuel the mission of God. And I know that that is something that people say, really, it's that much? And it's I'm telling you, it's a joy to give. When you really understand it, it becomes a joy, and you will become a cheerful giver. And uh, we believe that this predates the law. It was in the law. It's something for us to live in now and say, God, we want to fuel your church and move it forward with at least a tithe. And so once you do that, then you start saying, where else can I give? What else should I give toward? And um, here's the thing why we should really decide and, and weigh on this, um, is when you're giving, I believe this, love gives more than money. Love really starts giving part of their heart. Okay, that's a, grab that. Love gives more than money. Love starts to give part of their heart. And when you start to give, um, you're actually giving part of your heart. The Bible tells us in Matthew 6, 21, where your treasure is, there your, there your heart will be also. And, and a lot of us say, where our heart is, our treasure is. No, it says, where your treasure is, your heart is. And when you're giving, you're actually giving more than just money. You're actually giving part of who you are and uh, giving a piece of your heart. And if you're gonna do that, then um, how are you going to be able to decipher, again, where to give the money? So as you start to give to things, now understand this, as you start to give, your heart starts to connect. I can prove this. Um, you give to animal adoption. All of a sudden, you start seeing animals and you start loving animals. It just happens. You give to Teen Challenge and all of a sudden, your heart starts going, I want to help those people that are in recovery ministry. You start giving to Kingdom Builders. Your heart starts aligning. The videos come on on the weekend. You can't wait to watch it. Because you're giving more than money, you're giving part of your heart. So let's look at these filters. Um, as we give above and beyond our tithe, and as we start to say, where should we give? Um, a couple of things. The first filter is this. It's really a leadership question. And the filter is this. Do the leaders have competence and character? Do the leaders have competence and character? I think that's important. I think you should look at who's leading the charity, the church, the organization, kingdom builders. Say, do they have competence and character? And Titus 2.7 talks about qualifications. There's charges and qualifications to leaders. 
And it says, and you yourself must be an example to them by doing good works of every kind. Let everything you do reflect the integrity and seriousness of your teaching. There's something about having character and competency. Matthew 25, 21, it's the parable of the talents. And it says, the master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been uh, good and you've been faithful in handling a small amount. So now I'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. So there's this, you know, uh, stewardship, competency. Can you uh, take what you have and do more with it? And so with that being said, with our church, I'm going to give you um, a few things about our church and about kingdom builders and having that confidence, that first filter that first filter of integrity, character, competence. Um, one of the best reports that can be said about our church is that we're the same on Sunday as we are throughout the week. What do I mean by that? Uh, I was golfing with somebody in the church recently, and uh, his wife said, what's Pastor Rob like when you're on the golf course? He said, he's the same guy. You know, he's the same guy. He's the same in the pulpit, same on the golf course. You know, uh, I, I probably have happier thoughts in the pulpit than I do on the golf course sometimes, but uh, same guy. And I love that people say the closer we get to River Valley, they're the same. There's character, there's competence, there's integrity. And so with that, let me just give you some things about our, our ministry and some things that we do in this integrity competence filter. Um, the first thing, when, when you give to Kingdom Builders, your money goes to Kingdom Builders. When you give to the church, your money goes to the things that we say it's going to go to. I want to let you know that we have a budget. That's a good thing. We are competent. We have character. We have a budget. We, When we say it's going to go there, it's going to go there. Um, we stay within that budget. We have margin within our budget. We operate with reserves. These are things that are positive uh, that help us to realize, hey, this place has competence and character. I want to let you know that an annual third-party audit is done every year. That should give people comfort, saying that people outside of us take a look to make sure that we're handling the money with character and competence. And when you give that filter, you can say, man, they are doing what they said they would do. Um, any check over $5,000 needs two signatures. I mean, think about that. That's something that says we take this serious. Any bank transfer needs two people to uh, make it happen. A report is given annually to the congregation. We had our annual meeting. And so on that weekend, every person in the church can have an annual report that is given to them. You'll get a more detailed report if you show up at the business meeting. And any member has the ability to go in and meet with our business administrator and look at an even more detailed report between 15 and 24 pages to say, where does the money go? And what do we do with it? So we, are, we are competent, we have character, we have integrity. And as you're looking at that filter, this is a great place to say, God, we wanna give, we wanna sacrifice, and we know that they pass the test with that filter. Um, another great compliment is that we say uh, something that we're gonna do it, and then we actually do it. We pull it off. It's not like wishful thinking. We have the, the competency and the team in place that when we cast vision, people get the vision done and they do what they said they're, they're going to do. Um, matter of fact, we have an integrity in this that we were going to buy a specific piece of property for our Apple Valley building. And then it turned out we didn't need that piece of property, but people had given to that piece of property. We went to all the people that made a donation above and beyond their tithe. And we said, hey, you gave for that piece of land. Now, we're not buying that piece of land anymore, but if you'd like your money back, we'd love to give it back to you. Or you could roll it in over to the building fund that we're doing, but we want to have total integrity. 
Now, sometimes we try to buy land that may or may not be that exact piece. You know, you're like, we're trying to buy a building for this campus, and we want that generality in a building that's going to be there. But sometimes it's very specific, and we have integrity and competency and say, we want to be really strong, good stewards, and have great integrity when we deal with the finances. Um, I believe God loves integrity. I believe he looks at that wholeness, that transparency, the trueness, the moral truth that we stick to. And I think that's a great thing as we look at, hey, if I'm going to decide what to give and how much to give and over and above, and I'm going to start with my tithe and then go from there, I want to be competent. I want to make sure that these people are competent, they have character, and they pass the leadership question that they have competence and character. They actually do what they say they're going to do. Oh, there's other good points coming now, and some of the pastors are going to deliver them. And uh, man, if God wants you to be a cheerful giver, let's be cheerful givers. Let's decide in our heart, and let's look at four more filters as to how much to give, where to give, and uh, what to do with that generosity that God wants us to flow in. Man, it's good to see and hear from Pastor Rob again. Um, I can't wait till he's back in just a few short weeks and uh, he's going to be here. I can only imagine uh, he'll be a little bit tanner than that video. Just saying, after following his Instagram account for the last couple months, um, looks like they're having a great time. He'll be refreshed and uh, we're, we're excited about that. As we start to look at these next four filters, I want to even just back up real quick to the verse that Pastor Rob kicked it all off with. It's 2 Corinthians 9, 7. It says, each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Um, it's important, even that, that point that Pastor Rob touched on a little bit more, that, that it's, it's up to us to decide what we should give. That's why we have these filters. But I believe that as we talk about love gives and as we talk about generosity, we need to understand that um, generosity is a decision. It's a decision that we make that, 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 is, that we're going to alter our lifestyle even and say, you know what, this is something that's important to us, so we're, we're going to decide to do it. Much like um, maybe somebody decides that they want to live healthier. They want to live, uh, they want to get in shape, whatever it may be, so they start to eat healthier, they start to work out, they make that decision and then change their lifestyle to make sure that that decision is there. And that's what we're even talking about today is, is deciding about where, what, how to give and how to be generous in a way that God calls us to be generous because um, I believe that we serve a generous God. And as we are Christians, as we are here to be like and, and to follow his leading and example, I think it's important for us to understand that we should be generous people. Um, if we are going to be a reflection of who God is in our community, one of the ways that we can do that is be generous people just as he is generous to us. So as Pastor Rob has already talked about the integrity filter, uh, the next one that we're going to dive into is called the difference filter. The difference filter. The question on the difference filter is, does the place where I'm giving make a difference? Does the place that, that I'm investing in, does it make a difference? And this is a huge question right now, even in our culture. I was reading even studies about um, what drives people right now, even in the workplace. And it's not so much uh, the financial side of it. It's not just all about getting wealthy. It's not the, the work-life balance. The biggest thing right now that people want to know in their workplaces is what I'm doing actually making a difference. Is it maybe in the, in the company? Am I, am I doing something that's making a difference in the company? Am I doing something for society? Is what I'm doing actually having an impact? Um, there's, there's a ton of uh, examples of this. You've got Tom's Shoes. You've got, um, you've got one for one 
organizations and in companies all over with, with glasses and clothing where you buy one pair of something and then they, they send something to a country that's less fortunate. So you buy a pair of shoes and someone else gets a pair of shoes. And it's one of those things that, that so many people have jumped on board with because everyone wants to make a difference. But I would say even deeper as Christians, it's not just about the filter of does it make a difference? I think our filter needs to stand firmly on does it make an eternal difference? It's not just about um, is, is someone getting fed or is someone getting clothed? It's, it's are we meeting their physical needs, but also meeting the much deeper spiritual needs that are there that, that we understand that we're going after? Um, I know there's amazing things that, that are happening through these one-for-one -one companies and these philanthropic companies where, where people are doing things around the world. But I think our, 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 big, our big gauge, our big filter in this needs to be what's actually happening on the eternal side of that. And here is why. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14, it says, If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day, referencing the day of judgment, will bring it to light. Uh, it will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. So what they're saying is in that moment, it is, is the day of judgment is coming and each and every one of our, our works, each and every one of our actions is going to be put through this test of did it make a difference? But remember, this is now on the day of judgment, this is in eternity. So it doesn't matter if it made a difference here and then that was it, but what has an eternal difference to it? We need to keep that in mind as we're investing in where, what we're doing and how we're being generous because the eternal difference and the eternal um, qualities that are there are what are going to be tested even in that moment. Um, I think the cool part even about the last part of that verse is the builder will get the reward. As we're looking at, at what it takes to, to get a reward in heaven, because all of us don't just want to, I can't imagine you just want to get into heaven and hopefully just kind of make it as one going through the flames, as scripture says. But we want to get there and say, God, this is what we've done. This is what I have to present back to you with the resources that you gave me. God, this is what I did that had an eternal difference. And that moment is where we get rewarded from God saying, well done, you've used this wisely. I think that's what's important, even why we call it kingdom builders. Our over and above giving isn't just the, we don't just call it giving to different places. We call it kingdom builders because it is about nothing less than building the kingdom of God. That's what it is. It's, it's about building the kingdom of God. We want to make sure that what we are doing is for eternal difference and eternal significance. And I can tell you story after story, even in the short time, the few years that I've been a part of River Valley Church, of the, of the missionaries or the organizations that even locally that we've been able to help and support through kingdom builders of what is happening that's making an eternal difference. Guys, we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that kingdom builders makes an eternal difference. It's something that, that is, is investing not just in communities and not just in countries or cities around the world, but it's investing in eternities of the people that it's touching. And it's an amazing, amazing ability that we have, an opportunity that we have to invest in a thing like Kingdom Builders that makes an eternal difference. The third filter is the involvement filter. The question in the involvement filter is, should I be giving more than just money? Is it more than just money? Is it, is it talents and abilities? Is it giving of our time to, to um, what we are giving to? Because I believe that generosity stretches beyond just finances. 
It's not just about where are you giving, but also where are you serving? Where are you being involved? And I can tell you uh, here at River Valley, we hope that each and every one of you is involved with what's happening here at River Valley. It's not just a place where, where we come and we hang out and then we just sit there and watch what happens on stage and then go home because it's, it's all about finding out what God has called us to do and using the talents and gifts that he has placed in us so that we can impact the kingdom, so that we can go after all that God has for us. And I'll tell you this, there's nothing more amazing than that um, realization of using the gift that God has placed in your life and using it for the kingdom of God, using it for what he has called us to use it for. I remember um, times in my life, I was a youth leader throughout junior high and high school at, at our church. And I grew up in a small town in central Wisconsin. And um, I think I was a youth leader at first, not because of any talent and ability that anyone saw in me. I think it was because I was literally the only boy in my grade at our church. So that was just it. They're like, we need a male leader somewhere. Uh, slim pickings, we'll take Brandon, I guess. Um, but because of that, there were opportunities for me to, to uh, lead in our school Bible study. There were opportunities for me even to speak on a Wednesday night in our youth services. And there was something about those moments where, where I was doing what God had called me to do, even at a young age, that, that something just rises up in you and you realize this is what I was created for. This is what God called me to be. One of my favorite verses, and it's, it's not even on the screen, is 1 Peter 4.10. It's one of those moments where it says in there, um, use whatever gift God has given you to serve others so that Christ can be seen through it. It's a scripture. It says, use whatever gift you've been given. And I encourage you, even at this place, that, that we are a, we're a church that doesn't just want you to sit back and, and give in an offering bucket as it goes past in your tithe and your kingdom builders, but we want you to be involved in what God is doing. Because I believe not just because we want you involved, we want you there because God has placed something in you and something happens. You grow closer to Christ. You, you, you rise up and understand why you're, what your purpose is when you are in that moment. And that's one of the reasons that I encourage you to be a part of Next. We've already talked about Next and we talk about Next every week. But I would, one of the amazing changes that we made to the Next class was we take time in that class to find out what your spiritual gifting is so that you can get plugged into the spot that God has created you to fill. There's something about even our spiritual growth and development um, that happens when we're generous with our talents that God has given us. I encourage you to do that. It's also um, intriguing to me to realize that those that are the most involved are the ones that are the most generous. The ones that get close to the, the heartbeat, they catch the vision, they understand because they're involved in what's going on. Those are the ones that say, man, I'm ready to be a part of this. There's something that is aligned with this. Pastor Rob even talked about in his portion of this, um, that, that moment where you're giving more than just finances, you're giving your heart. I've seen it happen over and over again when people get involved in global teams when they go on the mission field and they go on a missions trip, even for a short period of time, and they see what happens with their kingdom builders' dollars. They see what happens um, when, when, they, when they're there and involved in what God is doing around the world. Um, amazing things happen in their life because their hearts start to align as they get involved with the vision of River Valley. Psalms 92, 13 says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. If you're planted in the house of our Lord, it's an amazing promise even in that moment about what it means to be involved and be planted in the church, in the local church. And I encourage you, get involved. 
Get involved. It's not just about giving financially, but it's getting involved. Are you involved in what God is doing? So there's integrity, there's difference, there's involvement. The fourth one is the relationship filter. And I know this um, can sound a lot like involvement, um, but it's, it's, are you in relationship with the areas that you're giving to? Are you in relationship with the places that you are investing? And while it could sound really similar to involvement, um, I would say this, I think each and every one of us know that um, you can be involved and you can work with somebody for a really long time and never have relationship and never really know them. You can be on a team, you can be on a life team here and, and work with somebody and, and be a part of all that's going on, but it doesn't mean all the time that you're actually in relationship with them. And I would say this, um, we are a church that wants you not just to be here and get involved, but to be in relationship with those around you. Because I believe that the kingdom of God was, was even built relationally. I believe the kingdom of God, he wants his kingdom to be relational. When you look at creation, you look at um, everything that, that God did right at the beginning of Genesis, and then he creates man. He creates Adam. And he's in relationship with them. They're walking together and they're having conversations. And then he realizes, even in that moment, even though he has relationship with Adam, he realizes that it's not good for man to be alone. So then he creates Eve. And there's relationship between God and Adam and Eve. There's relationship between Adam and Eve and each other and then them with God. And there's, there's relationship everywhere. When you look throughout the, the rest of history as the, um, they walk away from their relationship with God and they sin. And then um, after that, it's the pursuit all the way through the Old Testament of God wanting relationship again. So he goes and, and he sends his son Jesus to die on the cross because he doesn't want this to just be about rules and religion and following all the rules that are laid in place, but he wants it to be about relationship. His entire kingdom is built on relationship. Then you look at the early church in the book of Acts. I love even just looking into the first part of the book of Acts is these people are trying to figure out what it's like to be the church when Jesus isn't there to ask questions to you anymore. And you see in Acts chapter 2 at the end of that chapter in verse 44 through 47, it says, All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. When you look at generosity in this moment, it's, it's kind of shocking. You've got to go back and even realize, wait, wait, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. That's, that's commitment. But how can someone be that committed to... to kind of pool their resources to make sure that everyone had all that they need. It had happened because relationship. It was because they were meeting together daily. They were, they were hanging out. They understood. They, they even understood the need in that moment because they were in relationship and they could see the need. That's what I, that's what I believe God wants the church, the local church to look like in relationship. I encourage you even in this moment to get involved in some type of a life group. Do life together with people. Not just in this place, not just um, at church, on a building, on a weekend, but get together in someone's home, in, in a life group with someone so that you can dig deeper on a personal level. Now, just before this passage, um, I think it's appropriate to go back and look at the context of what's happening here in Acts, at the end of Acts chapter 2. 
Because the beginning of Acts chapter 2, it's, you've got the day of Pentecost, all right? The Holy Spirit falls. People are speaking in tongues. People down below don't understand what's happening in the upper room. And Peter stands at the window and gives this amazing gospel presentation about what Jesus Christ was, how he overcame death in the grave, and how he can be your salvation today. And in that moment, 3,000 people responded to his altar call, all right? Maybe not exactly how it was worded there, but it says 3,000 were added to their number that day. One of the reasons that they can be so confident that, that they could pool resources and make sure that no one had a need was because at that moment, there's 3,000 people. It's easy to have confidence that, that you can sell property and make sure that, that everyone's going to have when your group rolls 3,000 people deep. Moment of even context for you here at the Apple Valley campus. Just so you know, this campus is about 3,000 people. We have, I'm not saying that to even brag, I'm saying that to say, this could look a lot like us. This should look a lot like us as far as the relationship that happens in scripture that God has called us to be. And I encourage you to be in relationship. When we talk about numbers as kingdom builders, like two and a half million dollars for kingdom builders, we're not just sitting around waiting for that one guy to walk in that can write a two and a half million dollar check. We're saying together in relationship as we align our hearts and go after what God has called us to do, we believe that together in relationship, we can do what God has called us to do. But it's about relationship and it's about being in it together. The last filter today, which I would even, I would even say is the biggest filter. The first four filters that we have, they're, they're things that we can wrap our mind around. It's, it's digging in and making sure there's integrity. There's, there's, does it make an eternal difference? Are we in relationship? Are we involved? But the last one is, is, um, is the step of faith that we have. The last filter is the God filter. What is God speaking to me? As we listen to the Holy Spirit, what is God telling me to do? It's not just about running it through our cognitive mind, but it's the step of faith that he calls us to make that says, what is God saying to me? My question is, if God was speaking to you right now, even in this moment, would you know it? Jesus says that, that my sheep hear my voice. The sheep hear the voice of the shepherd. They know my voice. And the question that, that we cannot get away from, even as a church, is what is God saying in the midst of it all? What is God doing in the midst of it all? In Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 through 36, it says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Even Jesus was moved by the heart of God. Even Jesus in this moment saw compassion, had compassion when, when he was walking through crowds. He knew that not just, not just his heart broke, but God's heart broke for those that were far from him, that needed miracles, that needed healing. And he was moved with compassion. In the same way, I believe that we should be a church that's moved with compassion and says, God, what would you have me do? God, where would you have me to give? What would you have me to give? What, what, whether it's a number, whether it's a place, whether it's inside of Kingdom Builders, what you would have me to give to, what would you have me to give? And I encourage you even this, this isn't a, this isn't a like pull at the heartstrings like late night infomercial. There's not going to be a second offering today. Don't worry about that. This is a list of filters though, so that we can actually decide. We can look at our lifestyle and say, God, what would you have me to give? Not under reluctance or under compulsion, but God, what would you have me decide to give so that you can work through me? I believe that 
as we are obedient with the tithe, that's when we look at the filters and say, God, generosity above and beyond, what would you have me to do? The tithe is non-negotiable, the 10%. But above and beyond that, I believe that we serve a God who doesn't stop at the bare minimum. I believe that we serve a God who has blessed us beyond measure. Even when we look around, um, we may not consider ourselves rich in this moment, but we cannot, we cannot say that God is not a generous God. And I want my life to, to represent, I want my life to reflect the generosity that God has uh, already placed on my life. As we talked about before, God loves a cheerful giver. We here at River Valley love cheerful givers. I personally, I want to be a cheerful giver. I want to invest God amounts into God areas. What God has called me to do, where God has called me to put it. But I don't want to do it alone. We're called here as a local church, as a local campus, to be in this together. And that's what really excites me about what God is doing. So as we close, this is what I want to pray. I want to pray for each and every one of us um, to be more in tune with what God is saying. As we go through the filters, I believe that we at River Valley Church, I believe that we, we hit all of the filters. I really do. I believe there's integrity. I believe we, I know we want you involved. It's not just about finances. We want you to be a part of the church. We want to be in relationship. I know that God is doing amazing things and making an eternal difference. My prayer to you today is that we would be able to hear God's voice even more than we do right now. No matter where you're at, no matter how you hear God's voice or how clearly you do, each and every one of us can take the next step to where God would have us to be. So if you'd bow your heads and close your eyes with me, I just want to pray that over you today. God, I thank you that throughout scripture, you give us filters. I thank you that throughout scripture you, you, and throughout our lives, you point us in directions that you want us to be involved in and places that you would have us to be. God, today, I pray that each and every one of us hear your voice even more. That we as, as your followers would know your voice when you prompt, when you speak, that we follow, that we do what you've called us to do. God, I thank you for your clarity. I thank you for the relationship that we get to have with you so that we can speak to you directly. It's not about anyone else. It's not about compulsion. It's not about feeling an urge, Lord God. It's about what you would have us to do and hearing your voice to do it. God, let us hear you clearly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.